civil danger warning. A disaster of unknown type has occurred. Normal programming has been suspended. Gary. Gary, just strap them onto their legs. This is not a test. Okay, cue the music up and let's get going. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. It's Yorkshire Day and we're broadcasting from the Grand Fate in Skelmanthorpe, sponsored by Hand Hand Nettle Textiles. Gary has attached dynamos to all the participants in the Dance Till You Drop Tango Tough Mudder and... Yes, as the contestants sashay their way up the first section of rope netting, we now should have enough power to bring you our show. We'll be bringing you all the action from the Yorkshire Day Skelmanthorpe Fate in the glorious free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation states that, several decades ago, emerged from the troubled era that was 21st century Britain. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip, and I'll be chatting with all the people involved in this year's fate. But first as there would be no fate without its generous sponsor, Hand Hand Nettle Textiles, I decided to meet up with its founder and CEO, Mr. Hugh Hand Hand, who is responsible for single-handedly reviving the ancient Yorkshire art of nettle weaving. And here's what he had to say. And I'm delighted to say I have got the man himself in the studio with me, Mr. Hugh Handhand. Hugh, welcome to the show. Hello, Lloyd. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be here. It's lovely to actually be in your studio. It's bijou. It's a little cramped, but once you're this far underground, you've got to use every square foot. Absolutely. So you've been working diligently to revive one of Yorkshire's great lost arts. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit more about it? Well, Lloyd, thank you. Um, It's hard to know where to start. Am I an artist? Am I an archivist? Am I a pre-industrial worker? What I am is a man who grows and cultivates and produces nettles and nettle-adjacent products, turning nettles into string and yarn that you can knit, plait, braid, spin, engage with in a twinewood sense. Mm-hmm. And so you say you, you grow your own nettle. So have you developed your own type of nettle that's more suitable to this function? Because as we know, our, our nettles are usually stewed or brewed into tea or used as a soothing yet irritating bam. What a lot of people think of is that once a nettle has grown for more than two months, it's useless. And this is a, this is a tragic misconception because ultimately, when a nettle grows longer, obviously it gets stronger, it gets more fibrous, and that's really what I'm looking for. Let that be the flax upon which I shall spin my rope. Excellent. And I can see from the welts and scars of your hand that you're farming nettles the old-fashioned way. No protective netting or asbestos gloves for you. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't want to uh, risk the impurities of protective gear, of gloves on these nettles. It is purely by hand. Of course, there is a secret. All plants have a secret, Lloyd. That is my firm belief. And the secret with a nettle is to take it by the stalk. Mm -hmm. Don't touch the leaves. Leaves, you're going to have some pain. 
I mean, you can see I am legible to the blind. Just leave the leaves. Let that be your mantra. Leave the leaves. You want the stem. The stems are where all the fibre is, a lot of the cellulose. And so, so, carry on. Sorry. I keep thinking and I keep wanting to talk. It's very exciting to me. I can't believe I'm on. Your enthusiasm for the subject is infectious and grows as wildly as the plant itself. Oh, you're sweet. And so you're not just a weaver of nettles and maker of contemporary items. You're also someone who is protecting the heritage, the history and the bygone methods of this ancient craft. I would just like to find out what you mean by contemporary use. You have nettle items for sale in your shop? Yes. There was a slight craze last year. Yorkshire's hip-hop scene got in on the nettle items. They all had nettle patches in their string vests and stuff. I believe some of your items were used in that. Yes. Were you against this contemporary usage of the nettle? What I want to say is, whilst those products have been brought back, I would say they're not contemporary. Okay. We've had nettle patches in Yorkshire longer than we've had tea. Right. In fact, woven nettles predate the swamp mongrel as part of Yorkshire's heritage. I just, I just, I really don't like the word contemporary. Okay. And so this craze for woven nettle CD covers and woven nettle, you know, motorbike seats and stuff for you, that's not something you're a part of. Again, I I have had some of my woven nettles used for those. I I strongly protest. Whenever anyone comes to my workshop, I say, hello, you're obviously here to buy woven nettles. Can I just ask what you want to use them for? And a lot of people, they'll be up front, they'll be honest to say, I'm going to turn it into a blanket. I'm going to use it as dressing for a wound. I'm going to use it as an insulin replacement. And I'm fine with that. Those are good traditional uses. But sometimes you will get people who lie and they'll say something like, oh, I'm using it for a coaster, when instead they are going to make a CD cover. That offends me, Lloyd. Well, thanks to the new contract that you've made everyone sign, this is something that you're you're trying to enforce. You're, in, you're involved in various cases now where people have signed a contract saying they were going to use your woven nettles for traditional purposes, and they've ended up in mic covers or surgical syringe needles and stuff like that there, and you're now pursuing these people through the courts. That's right, Lloyd. That is right. I have, unfortunately, due to the progressive and deceptive values of some of the people I've mistakenly sold nettle products to, had to pursue legal action. And I I, I do regret that it has to come to that stage, but, but people are not respecting the history and the culture of these intricate items. If we had been turning nettles into, I, I don't know, if you had a nettle computer, I, I don't think it would work. It's very unlikely that, that such an item would function, but it might look kind of kooky. Again, Lloyd, you're starting to offend me because you keep using words like kooky and wacky and modern, and I, I don't think you really understand the purpose of my interest. I'm trying to preserve one of the crown arts of Yorkshire and people who, who want to take these and they're stranding them and they're spreading them, they're chopping them up and they're using them as garnishes and alternative underwear. And whilst it's fine if you can do the old fashioned way of shaping a loincloth out of a sheet of woven nettles, I will support you 100% with that. But let me tell you, when Mr. Calvin Klein got in touch with me and said, I want to talk to you about using some of your natural nettle fibres, I've got an order of 40 million that I require being made, I told him, get out! Get out, Calvin. I see. I'm sorry. I lost my temper there, Lloyd. That's quite all right. You're a passionate man. I admire your beliefs. And maybe you should refrain from 
turning your head and seeing the nettle version of the dogs playing poker picture that I've adorned the office with. I was told that it was one of yours, but apparently I've been sold a wrong one. Yes. Yes, Lloyd, you have. It's possible that you've fallen foul to rip off nettles. This is something I I have to deal with on a regular basis. I'll be honest, it's quite a trial for me. But, well, obviously my name is Hugh Hanhan, and there is a person, let's call them a criminal, who goes by the name of Hugh Halhand. And that monster has been appropriating nettles, has been doing all sorts of things that you would not wish upon your worst sibling. Because what this person, this this beast does, is he'll take beautiful heritage nettles, some nine, ten foot tall, and he will break them down. He will take off the inner pulp and he will spin them into a fine fibre. And I've got no problem if he leaves it at that. Like If he just did that, Lloyd, I'd be happy. But what he then does is he will use them as a basis for projects that he will... Oh, I'm sorry. He will use them as a basis for projects that he will try to attract uh, hipsters, earthos, hippies. He has an Etsy store and it makes me sick. So maybe for the benefits of our listeners, you could confirm whether some items I've seen on sale online are either yours or from Hugh Halhand. For example, the nettle beard covers. That would not be one of mine. That would be a Hal Hand impersonation. It's probably not even made with nettles, I'll be honest. It's probably climbing ivy. Okay, and the nettle mobile phone covers. Again, not one of mine. I would never make a phone cover. I would have to seriously question anybody who wanted to cover their mobile phone in nettles. They deserve to be killed. And the nettle nose plugs that are supposed to suppress snoring. Well, those are actually mine. There is evidence of nettle nose plugs as far back as 1438. They were found a short way south of Bradford. And I actually painstakingly, increasingly, with the amount I had to handle the nettles, shaped and remanufactured some nettle nose plugs. So if they are the nose plugs that uh, will gently and smoothly and painfully bridge the nose with two rolled up nettle leaves slowly inserted up your nostrils, those are genuine Hugh Handhat. Yes, I think the theory being that the constant nighttime pain prevents you from sleeping at all. And if you can't sleep, you can't snore. Absolutely. Well, it's great to hear that you're bringing such marvellous traditions back to the fore in our glorious nation. Thank you very much again for your time, Hugh. Thank you, Lloyd. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. What a fascinating glimpse into the vital world of nettles. Okay, I'm going to catch up with some of the people at this year's fate soon. But first, a hush falls over the crowd as we observe the tradition of honouring the many people who lost their lives during last year's Yorkshire Day fate. I ask you all now to solemnly doff your caps as we pay respects to our fallen Yorkshire folk. Arnold Threggle. Parkin Blockage. Wendy Musterlack. Wensleydale Overdose. Patricia Scudmouth. Rhubarb Avalanche. Neville Dixbottom. Yorkshire Battered. Jeanette Probin. Sheep Revenge. Freddie Nicholsbroom. Gurning Prolapse. Gregor Middling. Nettle Soup. Butella Nothington. Nettle Soup. Tracy Abstain. Nettle Soup. Bernard Twigfondler. Nettle Soup. And Carl Wrightset Fred. Beaten to death with his own ladle when it was discovered that he was responsible for the nettle soup. 
And that concludes this year's remembrance. And as the crowds flock around the many exciting stalls available at this year's event, I'm off to catch up with the fate director himself. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. And I've managed to catch up with the man in charge of all the events today. It's Mr. Thackeray Dumpweasel. Thackeray, I really appreciate you making time to talk to us. I know you're a very, very busy man today. A very busy man, but a happily busy man. Uh, this is a culmination of an entire year's work. I couldn't be more pleased to see all the people out here today. And you've got all our favourite stalls up and running. I've just come from the Yorkshire Pudding Tossing competition. Well, I think this might be the most exciting year in the Yorkshire Pudding Toss that we've ever seen. They're a spectacular bunch of tossers, I must say. And so it's not just the young and the fit that there's events for. You've put on events for all ages. You've got stuff for the kids, stuff for the grown-ups, stuff for the frail and elderly and nearly dead. With the kids' corner, what's their most popular stall? You cannot beat the giant Yorkshire Pudding Bouncy Castle. The kids absolutely love it. And when they feel like they've finished, they bounce off straight into the ball pit, which of course is filled with Yorkshire puddings. They have to be replaced quite often, but that only adds to the aroma, that wonderful aroma that you simply can't get away from today. They also enjoy the seesaw, which is Yorkshire pudding shaped, and also the Ferris wheel. But I tell you what, why don't we have a step on one of the Ferris wheels and we'll go up to the top oh, and we yeah. can have a look across the entire scene today. What a great idea. All right, here we go. Don't worry about the queue. We can go straight to the front. Don't worry about that. And uh, here we go. And as we creep up slowly as the giant Yorkshire Pudding Ferris wheel slowly cranks around. I'm starting to get uh, an idea of uh, the size of this event. I mean, in, in the far distance there, we can see the sponsored parachutists coming in with their Yorkshire Pudding parachutes slowly, oh no, well, kind of slowly gliding in. That one's plummeting a little bit. But, uh, oh, it's okay, he landed on the Bouncy Castle. Isn't it wonderful to see the entire Republic of Yorkshire Air Force out on display? That's both of the hot air balloons made up as Yorkshire puddings and the one biplane. A really majestic sight going across the sky on this beautiful Yorkshire day. And uh, the biplane's going to be doing a gravy spray fly past later so everyone can get their Yorkshire pudding hat on and get mightily drizzled. They are absolutely going to be doing that. That's going to be during the closing ceremony. We'll have the traditional judging of the Yorkshire puddings. Oh yes, the main event of the day. The master of puddings will be crowning the queen of puddings, of course, and then we'll have the gravy fly over. And after that, we'll have the two people in balloons throwing roast beef with gay abandon. That sounds absolutely spectacular. And now, of course, just for our older listeners, we have the new event of the Yorkshire Pudding Portable Museum, where we have famous Yorkshire puddings from the past that they all can reminisce about. We've got the Yorkshire pudding that was used at the coronation of King Geoffrey I, the first king of our glorious free Republic of Yorkshire. Are there any other particularly interesting puddings at the Pudding Museum? I think the centerpiece this year has got to be the 1,000-year-old 
completely well-preserved frozen Yorkshire pudding. It was found in Jack Fulton's Valley and was brought here today by our top scientists. I mean, simply looking at it is astounding to know the age and the heritage of this wonderful Yorkshire pudding. They've yet to do the DNA test, but they believe it might have been served with roast mammoth. That's absolutely right. And of course, these older Yorkshire puddings, as we know from the tomes, we only wear our hats ceremonially these days, but back then they were often worn into battle because other helmets simply couldn't stand the kind of force that a Yorkshire pudding can take. So there's a lot of history here today, but as I say, there's the young people. So we're always looking forward to the next big Yorkshire pudding innovation. And speaking of battles, we're going to be having the Yorkshire pudding melee at 2 p.m. I believe where people get kitted up, armoured up, uh, if you will, with their homemade Yorkshire pudding armour before going into battle with their homemade Yorkshire pudding weapons. Any interesting new developments in that battleground this year? Yes, absolutely. We were allowing horses for the first time. You can be on a mounted horse, of course, completely covered in Yorkshire puddings, and we're going to have jousting. Somebody did suggest using some sort of long breadstick. That oh. person has obviously been dealt with in the appropriate ways. Thank you. Thank you. Any that sounds well. I, I apologise for my use of language, but that sounds French. Can you say that? As a government reporter, I've got my dispensation to utter that word once a month, but as long as I don't say it again, I'm in the clear. So we're going to have the horse-mounted jousting Yorkshire puddings, and we're also going to have three doors made of Yorkshire pudding. You're going to run straight out one, and one of them, you'll go straight through, the other two are concrete, pretending to be Yorkshire pudding. If you can get all the way to the end, you get double supply rations for the month. Oh, wow. It's a lovely day. Bring the family down. It's going to be a cracker. And of course, at the end of the day, we close the ceremony with the traditional burning of the puddings. Any puddings that haven't been eaten today are gathered into one big pyre and set ablaze. They can reach temperatures that melt the metal in your glasses. It's a truly glorious sight, a real community feeling and a real national feeling on this wonderful national day. And of course, as the fire reaches such intensity, everyone has to strap the traditional swamp mongrel to their face in order to avoid charring but then they get to eat the burnt swamp mongrel after. And what are you going to put that swamp mongrel in? Your freshly baked Yorkshire pudding, baked on a fire of a Yorkshire pudding fire. It's really the only way to cook them, in my opinion, which is why this day is so special. Ah, oh, it just means so much. It swells my Yorkshire Harbour pride. Well, thank you once again, Thackeray, for talking us through all those events. And I'm sure we'll catch up with you at the Yorkshire pudding tasting later. Yorkshire bless you. And you. The contestants in the Tango Tough Mudder are starting to thin out a bit and... Oh yes, the Swamp Mongrel Tunnel has just claimed another couple, but we should have time for a couple of more interviews. Now, we all know that the competition that everyone is waiting for, indeed, the blue ribbon event of every year's fate is the Yorkshire Pudding of the Year Award. Five times winner and reigning champion Jarvis Thraper won't be giving up his title without a fight, but he faces some pretty stiff competition this year, especially from brash up-and-comer Steve Cludstone, whose extreme techniques and unconventional approach has ruffled quite a few feathers on his way to this year's final. And I'm delighted to say we've got a special exclusive pre-match interview with both contestants. The glorious free republic of Yorkshire radio show. 
And so I've come to the main event. The pudding of the day is going to be picked very shortly. And I'm here with two of the hot favourites, if you will. We have last year's winner, Jarvis Thraper. Hello, Jarvis. Hello. And we have the new up-and-coming Yorkshire pudding wonderkind. It's Steve Cludstone. Welcome to the show, Steve. Yo. Well, yeah, respect. Uh, is, is that right? Did I say that right? Please tell me I said that right. You got close. Thank, oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, guys, you're in the running for the big prize. How do you fancy your chances this year, Jarvis? Well, obviously, I think I'm everybody's favourite. I'm aware of Steve's work, and I think in the future he's going to be very, very important. But right now, I think he's not quite there yet. Steve, would you like to respond to Jarvis's assessment? All I hear is the old world slipping away, man. It's time for someone else to step up and be the pudding king, yeah? Hmm. Well, obviously, you're entitled to that opinion. Yeah, I am, yeah. He is entitled to that opinion, and, and so are many others uh, who are very excited about this new talent on the scene. I don't... Uh, I'm sorry, Steve, I just can't contain my excitement. I am one of the, the clutters, as your entourage has been called. Jarvis, I, I respect what you've done. You've achieved many great things in the, in the world of Yorkshire pudding. Indeed, but... I have. By far the most important Yorkshire pudding maker for the last 15 years consecutively. I don't see why this young upstart is whippersnap. I think he has a chance here, but... Let's see what the judges think. Because times change, yeah? 15 years was 15 years ago. The people want something new. You know what? You're not going to like this. I put chilies in my Yorkshire pudding batter. A little bit of chilli flake, a bit of spice. What do you think about that, old man? I mean, I'm, I'm all for a bit of experimentation, obviously. Well, are you, Jarvis? So, I mean, you have your, no. your classic Yorkshire pudding recipe that is unchanged. You've copyrighted it, so you're the only person who's allowed to make it, and mm -hmm. you are selling them at, 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 you know, keenly priced, shall we say. And this recipe has not shifted in 10 years, because if you do change the recipe by one gram, then you lose your copyright. One what? Gram. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Um, I meant, of course, by one ounce. Absolutely. Uh, None I'm of sorry. that here, thank you very much. I, I'm sorry, I, I lost myself, I do oh, apologise. Do you measure in grams then, you young kids? Measuring's for chumps, yeah. I just put it in there. I feel my food. I don't just make it, yeah? That's what it's all about. I've even got the new chocolate Yorkshire puddings coming out oh. soon. You know what the thing is? You've lost touch with the people. Puddings are for people. People puddings, yeah? That's what I make. I make from the heart. I make from the soul. I bake from the soul. Mm. Oh, I, I appreciate that there's room enough for both of our approaches when it comes to actually selling the puddings. But when it comes to the actual competition, I think we all know who is the most important person here. Well, yes, but as you were saying there, you were both free to sell your puddings. And it is Steve who's just signed the major new contract with Greg's. He is now the face of Yorkshire puddings, a face that used to be yours, but is now Steve's. How does that feel? You know, I appreciate that Greg's want to move forward with the youth market and my face is not any longer. Uh, well, it is, you know, it's got the look of a battered Yorkshire pudding rather than the look of fresh Yorkshire batter, which is what Steve's bringing to the table. Let me tell you, the first Yorkshire pudding I ever made wasn't in some kitchen, wasn't in some nice clean room, it was on the streets. I baked it on a dumpster fire, because that's just how real I am. Right. Where did you live? Listen, I lived on the streets. I moved from Everybody place to Everybody lives on a street. What sort of street? It was a cul-de-sac. So not very street then. 
But this is the man who invented extreme Yorkshire pudding baking. This is the man who's baked a Yorkshire pudding while skiing down Swamp Mongrel Valley. This is the man who cooked a Yorkshire pudding whilst evading Lancashire border guards. Well, that's the point I'd like to raise because I've heard tell that this young man here, Steve, was educated in the ways of the Yorkshire pudding in Lancashire. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is outrageous. That's what I've heard. I don't know where this guy gets off. My Yorkshire puddings are homegrown. I've never even been outside the country. I'm from Yorkshire all the way through. Well, I'm just saying the word on the street, Steve. Well, the word on the street is someone walked past your house the other day and smelt hot pot. Lancashire hot pot. I know you're trying to experiment because you're losing ground to me. But what have you got to say about that? wasn't a hot pot, it was a simple Yorkshire stew. I was just trying to make Yorkshire puddings that floated, trying something different, as you'll keep telling me that everybody wants. That's right. Now we're seeing it, yeah. I'm the future. This guy's just trying to keep pace. And today, when I take the crown, everyone's going to see the future. Yo. Jarvis, have you any final comment to make as you see your once glorious career? sink into the fresh wave of batter that's washing over us all. It's going to be I'm going to scoop up them tears and use them in my batter, yo. Now you're cooking. That's right. Thank you very much for joining us, gentlemen, and best of luck in the competition later. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. And we'll have more from the Yorkshire Day fate soon. But first, here's a word from this week's sponsor. For centuries now, we have enjoyed the traditional taste of Yorkshire puddings with reliable recipes passed down from generation to generation. But it's time for something fresh, old-timers! New from Yorkshire pudding bad boy Steve Cludstone comes an exciting range of radical flavours. Watch your grandfather weep in despair as you chow down on a pudding with a rim oozing with hot Nutella. Watch your grandmother pluck her own eyes out rather than see you enjoy the silky smooth taste of the energizing Red Bull infused batter. And laugh at your own mother as she has a full-on nervous breakdown whilst you grind some rails on our new skateboard flavored selection, Cludstone's Collections. We're pudding on the Ritz. Well, the Tango Tough Mudder has now been whittled down to only a handful of couples, and most of them won't be getting through the radioactive Ruada, so we'll be running out of power soon. But I think we've got time for one final feature, and I'm going to try to find the man who will be judging the Yorkshire pudding of the year. The man with the job that everyone wants, the man we must all obey without a second's hesitation lest we suffer the consequences. Yes, it's the master of puddings himself, Mr. Dominic Stenkridge. Okay, and I've managed to catch up with the master of puddings himself. It's Mr. Dominic Stenkridge. Dominic, I'm delighted to have you onto the show. I'm incredibly excited as well. You only get to be master of puddings once. It's a uh, once-in-a-lifetime thing, and I'm so excited. Yes, well, I can tell, because not only 
have you got the Yorkshire pudding crown mm -hmm. on yes. and the Yorkshire pudding medallion? Pocket uh, pudding, yes. Pocket pudding, indeed. Yeah. You've actually had a bespoke suit made oh, yes. to celebrate the day. It's made of the right colours. We've got the nice tan colour down here. Bits over here are quite crunchy as well, which I thought the textures were quite important to get in as well. well so yeah, what, if you want to move, it actually creaks. Yes, the whole lining of the jacket is one large circular pudding ridge. It does make certain movements quite difficult, I have to say. I, mean, I can't, for example, scratch my face or anything like that at the moment, but I'm the master of puddings, I shouldn't need to. No, you can command anyone to scratch your face at a moment's notice. I could, couldn't I? Everyone must bid your beck and call. Ooh. That's quite exciting. I hadn't even thought of that side of it yet. All I was thinking about was the puddings. I'm very excited about the puddings. Can you tell? I can tell. How, how many puddings are you expecting to get through today? We're going to have some early on. We're going to have just dry. as a, a sort of palate cleanser and perhaps later have them with a bit of gravy, something like that. And then later on, maybe with some uh, swamp mongrel, maybe if we're lucky. From then on, I don't know, maybe even something sweet for the end. And I do like Yorkshire puddings. Yeah, I've mentioned that, haven't I? But I do. I really like Yorkshire puddings. And I must be honest, I've not actually seen people previously being the master of puddings. I know that sounds awful, but I was too busy enjoying the puddings, to be fair. Some of this is a bit of a, a learning curve for me, but it's a learning curve I'm enjoying. and It's like the bottom of a Yorkshire pudding. That curve is perfect. It speaks to what I've heard of your reputation. It's the Dominic Stenkridge pudding frenzy. Once you get a whiff of the pudding, a mm. taste of the pudding, your eyes roll back into your head, your jaws seem to take on a life of your own, and every pudding gets engulfed within seconds. Are these rumours true? Well, I've heard from other people that this is true. I know later I've felt quite ill and been quite messy, so I would assume there's some truth to my voracious appetite for Yorkshire puddings. Okay, but you're not worried about the tasting session later. Might end up in a frenzy of crumbs and gravy and half-eaten puddings. Oh, really? No. Should I be? There's a crew following you with tranquilizer darts, just in case. Oh, is that uh, what Jed's doing? It's just as a precaution. I'm sure everything will be fine and there'll be no need for the tranquilizers or the tasers or the netting or the trapdoor. Trapdoor? What? Uh, Sorry? Uh, these are only rumours I've heard that there are various traps triggered to your particular DNA with a switch activated by your friend Jed there in case things get out of hand. Right. I'm starting to feel a little bit less excited about this, if I'm honest with you. Um, okay, well, I've kept you enough from your official duties as it is. I'll let you get back to joining in with the Yorkshire pudding toss and see who can toss their pudding the furthest away, if that's not too heartbreaking for you, and enjoy the rest of the day. Thank, Thank you me. very much, and I hope that everybody else enjoyed the day as well. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. <laughs> Well, it's now sometime later, and unfortunately, as you can hear in the background, Mr. Stenkridge did indeed go into another feeding frenzy. Jed's tranquilizers have had no effect. Tasers only seem to enrage him more, and he's now using the netting to floss his teeth. The Air Force are now coming in to douse him with gravy in an attempt to subdue him. Oh no, they've missed their target and have instead covered the remaining two tough mudder tanglers in a fragrant beefy film. And yes, Mr. Stankridge is now bearing down on them, so I guess that's the end of another show. Cheerio! And until next time, if there is one, may all your brews be strong. May all your puddings be fattened.
and they all just want bungles. Be radiation free. Ta-ra! Communications have been severely disrupted. Make sure you have food, water, and a battery-powered radio with you. This is not a test. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, the guy who puts all this together. And on this show, you heard Ben McPherson, Trevor Ship, and Adam Martin. And you can find out more about what they do in the information section of this podcast. And you can follow this podcast on the various social medias at Free Yorks Radio. We'll be back next month. But if you enjoyed this, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate, review, and redact. Thanks. The glorious free republic of your entire radio show.